Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Colossians 1, 19-28 For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath been he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of of the gospel, which ye hath have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister." who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made minister according to dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the words of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, which we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Frankie Gomez, who's going to minister our, the word to the, our Bible instruction time. Good morning. <laughs> Well, as we definitely um, keep Don in our prayers, I know that's very disconcerting when you have those kinds of pains, and um, I'm just wondering, so... We just got an email saying that uh, Lanny's phone is off, so... And, and so he's being checked out. So okay, they're working on him right now. Right. So we'll make sure, definitely... Um, and we close in prayer to pray for Brother Don. Um, but I definitely um, appreciate the trust to, um, to, uh, to put together some thoughts. Um, I know all of us are um, capable uh, teachers, and in season and out, um, we're ready to share what the Lord is teaching us. And I had um, my son read that passage. I know the last couple of times that I spoke um, I've been sharing thoughts from 
Colossians and from a study in Colossians. And I just started in that passage um, in Colossians 1 and had it made it past the first verse. I don't know if any of you guys do that. Any of, of you all do that as you study. Sometimes you get to a verse and it just triggers a lot, um, a lot of, of memories, a lot of thoughts and challenges. And I think the last time that I shared the thoughts, I was through verse 19 and talking about the pleasure of the Father with the Son and how Paul wanted to express that to the believers in in Colossae that he had never met, but who were struggling with who Jesus is. And, um, you know, just that God the Father was so pleased with Jesus Christ was so that Jesus Christ is fully God and 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 dwelt in the purpose of God throughout his entire life on earth that it pleased the father that in all that in him should all fullness dwell that Jesus Christ was not just one of many mediators as the people in Colossae were being taught that he is he is the mediator He is the one. And then Paul goes into, in verse 20, what Jesus did to qualify as such. And having, in verse 20, having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. I just, I'd gotten just stuck there and thinking about that phrase and having made peace having made peace. Sometimes we think of, I know for, my, for me, I, I, when I think of peace, we're taught and we're tricked into thinking that this peace is a laissez-faire kind of thing. To just go, we have peace to go about our life. And we think of peace in that way. We have, we have peace with the government to, to come and and, and worship as, as we wish. And we have peace in this country where our children and ourselves as men, we are not drafted into war. We have peace, yes, to, to live our life in, the, in the, way that, the way that we want and to be comfortable. But that's not the kind of peace that Jesus made for us. That is not the kind of peace that he gave his life for. Um, We read and, and, you know, as I was thinking of my thoughts and I could definitely sense that this was the message that God had for me. Every song that we sung had the, had peace in it and talked of peace. Um, The, the verses that, that Billy brought out from Philippians, um, it was in the ambassadors for Christ um, section that he brought out and, and before that, um, up above, it talked about making peace and how he is our peace. Um, 
but it wasn't the, the peace that he made for us is not a comfortable live our life as in comfort kind of peace. It's an aggressive peace. Um, and I was thinking, what's an, what's an aggressive peace? If to, he made peace and we are to live in that peace that he made, the definition a definition of peace that I heard, um, I remember from um, a study I was doing, listening to um, the preacher, um, Tony Evans. Um, and I don't know if you've heard Tony Evans. Um, he's a pastor of a church. Uh, he came from an assembly background, um, but now in um, uh, preaching for a long time, preaching at a church in Baltimore, uh, Maryland. But um, I heard a um, a, a series of messages from Tony Evans on spiritual passion. And the very last message, the culminating message was on peace and spiritual passion, bringing the kind of peace that God has for us and, ha- and an ability to make peace um, with those around us. And his definition for peace in that was an annihilation of previously held hostilities. You bring peace by annihilating previously held hostilities. And when the Lord Jesus paid for our peace, that was an annihilation. An annihilation of principalities and powers. In in, um, that section, in Colossians, He made a show of them openly. And thinking about that, and the peace that true spiritual passion can bring. Um, so we read that, that section in, in Philippians, or in um, Colossians. Frankie read that passage in Colossians, um, how he made peace and the peace that we have and how do we get that peace? How are we reconciled? What is, the, what is that, that, that brings us reconciliation? that would allow us to spread a message of peace. It's grace. If, and so for a little bit, we'll be in Ephesians 2 and thinking about grace. And what does grace have to do with peace? In um, Galatians chapter 2, Um, and starting well, starting in verse one, or Ephesians. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two, and starting in verse one, it says, "And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience." among whom also we, had, we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. It's similar language there um, that we read in Colossians. It's similar language. We were alienated. We were opposite God, enemies of God, children of wrath. In verse 4, 
But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, not not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And then down in verse 14, For He is our peace, who hath made both one, hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in Himself twain one new man, so making peace, that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. No matter how we view ourselves and how we view our, our conversion, whether we were close or whether we were far, we were saved by grace. And in a world that, that measures itself by comparing, by comparing the, the goodness or the, the purity or um, comparing um, the morality of, of one way versus another. The, the world compares. They compare by morality. They compare by works. The Lord Jesus put an end to that comparison when it comes to salvation. The, the parable that the Lord Jesus told, um, the set of parables that He told, uh, the lost sheep and the ninety-nine, the, the lost coin and the other nine, and then the two sons, they all needed the one that was finding. The ninety-nine sheep needed, still needed the shepherd to come back. The ninety-nine still needed Him. They were close, but they needed Him. The one was just farther off, and the shepherd went and got him. The nine coins would do nothing if she laid them aside and lost them to find the other one. And the two sons, both of them, both of those sons needed to know who the father was. Both of them struggled with their definition of the Father, with their knowledge of who the Father truly was, who the Father truly is. 
the one son just thought of him as, as that provider that, that would give him what he needed to go and live however he wanted to live. And, and the other son saw him as a strict master that would never celebrate him and never love him truly. And treated him harshly. We know who the Father is. And the Father is the one that, whether we were close or whether we were far, we needed the same from Him. And we all received the same from Him. We received grace. And because we received grace, we should be aggressively pursuing peace with those around us. Aggressively pursuing peace and knowing that that peace, that peace only comes through the gospel. Peace cannot come from, cannot come from, from causing those around us to just be more moral around us. I don't know if any of you have had, um, some unsaved or, uh, you know, someone who, who doesn't really live a spiritual life around you that lets a, a curse word slip and then apologizes in front of you and says, Oh, I know, you, you know, I know you don't do that. I'm so sorry that that happened. That's not, that's not peace. That's a, that's another person stepping on eggshells around me and, and worried that a curse word has offended me. Um, and if I don't t- aggressively pursue that opportunity to share the grace of God, to share, yeah, I'm not religious in some way that that, that offends me. It, it doesn't offend me. It doesn't offend my ears and my senses. I've been, I'm only different because of the grace of God. Because if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for him, I'd, I'd be talking like a sailor, as they say. If it wasn't for him, it would do no good to live a moral life and to be close. Being close, and, and that's the reason why we, we should be aggressively pursuing peace. Because that's what God did for us. We needed to be aggressively pursued. You know, we weren't, and, and in all of Paul's letters, he expresses this in, in different ways, and especially in these four that go back to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, we can see parallels in, in a section like this where Paul explains the peace, that the lengths that God went to to pursue peace with us. And, and the application for us is to do the same in our own communities. You know, Paul, when he went, um, I was in, in his first missionary journey um, to um, Antioch and Pisidia. He went from Antioch, a different Antioch where he was fellowshipping and um, he was teaching. And then him and, and Barnabas, um, they went to Antioch and Pisidia and um, they, they gave him this license to preach the first, the first time in the synagogue. And he was not careful. He wasn't pursuing peace in the way that sometimes we think of peace. He wasn't pursuing his own peace and comfort 
in there, he was actively pursuing the listener's peace with God and challenged them. Challenged them to believe that Jesus of Nazareth, and he used that phrase, Jesus of Nazareth, is the Messiah that they've been looking for. He went straight into the synagogue and aggressively pursued aggressively pursued the peace that others may have. And sometimes we are so careful, and I think of myself, I'm so careful, too careful. Um, again, and the, one of the last parables the Lord told His disciples in Matthew 25 was those that the three servants with the talents, the parable of the talents. Which one was the one that was, that was held the highest in that parable? It was the aggressive one, the one that went out. And sometimes we, we hide. Sometimes I, I feel myself, I, I can look back at situations and I hid. I, I let, I let people make, make comments that, that show misconceptions about the gospel, that show misconceptions about the faith that I have. And I don't, I don't aggressively pursue their reconciliation with God. And, and, and we need to think, and I need to think, why? Why? Just, what am I valuing over? What am I valuing over the lives of other people, the, the reconciliation of those around me. Um, and one, uh, over the summer, I was really thinking about it. You know, I got the opportunity, another last second opportunity to, to counsel in a junior camp cabin with seven and eight year olds. And, um, and, and thinking about this passage and thinking about um, that, that passage that Frankie read, that um, in Colossians chapter 1, and just made peace. And um, you know, with seven and eight-year-olds, I found it easy. You know, the, um, I know the counselors, they go through training, and we've been through training week, and Tyler can tell you he's been through training, and you have to, like, it, one of the things to pass training week is you have to change a conversation, right? Like, you've got to have a, be having a conversation with an adult there, and and switch the conversation to sharing the gospel. And I, I remember when I was a teenager using anything. I think one time Miss Kitty was just saying, it's hot and I'm thirsty. And we're at the juice. And I you know, just thought of John chapter 4. And, and I went, well, you know, there's water that you can drink of that you'll never be, you know, just trying to, you know, change and, and just working. You don't have to work that hard with a seven or eight-year-old. They change conversations over and over again. And you can just go right. But the boldness. To be bold with the gospel. To be bold with the gospel. With our own kids here, with our, with our family members that, that we pray for and we pray for that aren't saved or we're unsure of their salvation. Why are we so careful? What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of losing that's of more value than their spiritual security? God, someone did it for me. 
and the Lord Jesus, what the Lord Jesus gave for me, what he gave for my peace with God. You know, there across the world, it, it's going to happen. And we know that the Lord will bring about His will on this earth. And we know it from that scene in Revelation chapter 5, where in a couple of sections, a couple of sections, it, John sees, and he can tell from looking in the audience, he can tell that there are people from every tribe, from every nation, from every tongue. And he can see the differences. He can see that the gospel went out and reached the whole world. And I wonder if John was ever in a mind to think and to to really consider and think about this this mission that in in their lifetime and with with John and think about the way that the way that they understood God and sometimes we slip into that into that that gospel I, I think of it myself and when I say we I mean me you know think of of God's love, the way the Pharisees thought of salvation, the way that the way that they and we slip into that and we study the gospels and we study that so much that that we just the people that are in are in. And we're just enjoying our time together in fellowship. Um, and, and just looking at, at the outside and just thinking, poor them. And and do we do that in our own minds? And and we say, oh, they it's not this problem, it's a sin problem, it's a, they need the gospel, they need the gospel, but how do, when do we share the gospel with an unsaved person? When have we gone through that with somebody else? When was the last time I went through the gospel with someone that was unsaved? With, the, with a mind to change their mind about God, with the purpose of seeing them saved, of, of making that peace of being an ambassador, of being the messenger of reconciliation. When was the time I acted as that messenger with somebody, with a peer, with, with a group of people that I knew needed the gospel, that I knew were unsaved? And that should be our goal wherever we go to be that messenger of peace. And I think of if John saw that, saw that view of every tribe and every nation, and think of where it started. Think of when you know when when he first met John the Baptist in the wilderness and was listening to him preach, and when John pointed and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God." And John the Baptist pointed, and John, the disciple, just followed. Do you think of that point? And 
At the time, the confusion and the, the religious leaders, you know, putting more burdens on them. There was no peace. They weren't sure who God was and what they did know. He was harsh and he was judging Israel and they needed to get right before the Messiah would come. They needed to do all these things. And well, maybe, you know, and I know, you know, and maybe if they would stop fishing on the Sabbath, he would come and you know, maybe if they would, if they would, the, the zealots, you know, thinking if, if they would uh, assassinate a few more Roman leaders, then maybe, maybe he would come. You know, when, when we were without hope, he came and John the Baptist pointed and said, behold, the Lamb of God. And he followed and then the, the rest of the twelve and then all of the other disciples came and joined and about 40 to 400 at times. And, and then thinking their despair that they felt when he died, when he was put to death. And then the Holy Spirit of promise came and he rose again, he rose again from the dead and he gave them the Holy Spirit and they started in Jerusalem and spread out wonder if John thought that as he looked at the crowd there in Revelation 5 and he saw every tribe and every tongue. I wondered if he thought, did Andrew, did, did he make it all the way to India? Did he, you know, did not know, you know, the communication of the disciples? How far did this go? Look how many. We were 12 Look at the sea of people that God is going to save, that hear the message. And, and the message that we have is we were saved by grace, not of ourselves. This peace was aggressively brokered at the cross. And it's because of this amazing grace that we have that we can have peace in this world. We can have peace with other people. Um, not to just peace to just live and be comfortable and have fellowship with like-minded people, although that is wonderful and we enjoy that. But that we would be actively pursuing the peace that other people can have with God. And we aggressively pursue that because it was grace that was extended to us in the first place. Um, can we close and we can sing maybe number 200 in the Red Book. We can sing Amazing Grace. Dear Lord, we thank you um, for this opportunity to come together today um, and to be together and to Remember you this morning. Lord, help us to not be blind to the grace that we've been given and to not be blind to our future home in heaven. Um, we, we pray for our brother Don. As he's been admitted now, we pray that you would give the doctors guidance and um, and treating him and 
figuring out what's going on. We pray um, for His recovery and His healing. Um, Lord, again, we, we thank You for this body of believers here that we can come together and worship together and, um, and to have fellowship around Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we thank You um, for Your Word as it goes out everywhere today around the world. And we pray that souls would be um, added to Your kingdom today um, as the Gospel goes out. We pray that believers everywhere would be challenged um, to live um, and walk worthy of the calling that You've given us. Again, Lord, we, we pray for Dawn and his healing. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.